On today's episode, modifications and progressions for hamstring curls. Welcome to the podcast, helping you overcome your proximal hamstring tendinopathy. This podcast is designed to help you understand this condition, learn the most effective evidence-based treatments, and of course, bust the widespread misconceptions. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm an online physiotherapist, recreational athlete, creator of the Run Smarter series, and a chronic proximal hamstring tendinopathy battler. Whether you are an athlete or not, this podcast will educate and empower you in taking the right steps to overcome this horrible condition. So let's give you the right knowledge along with practical takeaways in today's lesson. Thanks for joining me this week. Um, I am not sure why I haven't done an episode on this yet. Um, If you are familiar with previous episodes, you know I've done an episode on deadlifts, uh, deadlift modifications, progressions, all that sort of stuff. Um, Did that episode because I think deadlifts are the number one exercise you should have in your rehab. And almost almost every PHT client I see gets some variation of a deadlift. But what makes people nervous or worried is they've tried deadlifts in the past, which has obviously been too much. They've started, the start point was too much and have fled them up. And so they're worried to go back to them. But my approach is, okay, let's see what modification you can get away with. And then let's build up from there and let the tendon adapt. Um, just such a good exercise. But I guess my second most important exercise would be some variation of a hamstring curl. And my third favorite would be some variation of a weighted step up. And, uh, you know, after that, I'd add in a few extra bits and pieces, maybe two exercises, depending on the type of person I have in front of me, whether it's a runner or a triathlete or a swimmer or a recreational or sedentary um, client. And yeah, that's where it sort of veers off. But Hamstring curls are an important one. So I thought I'd just do a quick little episode on educating you on hamstring curls, what variations you have, if you've got equipment, if you've got gym, um, you know, no equipment whatsoever, um, then it's important to at least have some sort of variation. Um, Hope you're enjoying the success stories in the past couple of weeks. I do have a couple more coming up. There will be one next episode and two episodes after that. So Look forward to bringing you those. Um, All right, let's start off with some hamstring curls and their modifications. I want to start with different positions you could put yourself in, um, depending on the equipment that you have. First of all, you might hear of an exercise called a prone hamstring curl. So prone just means laying on your stomach. Supine is laying on your back. Prone is laying on your stomach. So when you do a prone hamstring curl, it will be... um, yeah, lying on your stomach. And all you're essentially doing is starting with your legs straight. You have something attached to your ankle and you are just curling your ankle towards your glutes. That's that's it, nothing too fancy. Um, so you can do a prone hamstring curl. You can do it um, seated as well. You can do a seated hamstring curl where you're obviously in a seated position, your leg is out straight, and then you're curling something underneath you Um, That could be a particular variation. You can do a supine one as well. Um, You can do a supine hamstring curl like on a um, Swiss ball where 
you sort of do a bridge with your feet on top of a Swiss ball and then you curl the ball or roll the ball towards you. Some people can use a skateboard as well where you bridge up and your legs are a little bit straight, but then you wheel the skateboard towards you. So that's um, on your back. So that's supine. Um, but let's start with the prone because I think the prone's probably one of the more um, favorite exercises or favorite positions that I am used to. Okay, so we're prone, so we're on our stomach. You can use a TheraBand or a resistance band, which can attach to the other leg, or it can, my preference is to attach it to, you know, a table leg or something really sturdy um, at the ends of your feet. So when you curl it, that tension is put more and more on that band. Um, if you, that is, if you don't have a gym membership, if you do have a gym membership, you can use a prone hamstring curl machine. So you lay down on the machine and the um, pads, the weighted pads are like where your Achilles goes and then you curl with a certain um, number of oh, kilograms or pounds or whatever weight you decide to do. So you can do your prone hamstring curl with a band. You can do it with a machine at the gym. Some gyms, for whatever reason, they don't have a prone hamstring curl machine. Some just have a seated, but um, if you don't have a prone hamstring curl machine originally designed for that exercise, you can use a gym cable. So you'll, you'll know like the pulley system to do like a, a bicep curl or something like that. Um, what you can do is get that um, pulley that's used as the lever, put it all the way down to the floor and then attach one of the, the cable um attachments onto your ankle then you lie down then you can do a prone hamstring curl with the cable and then you can assign the certain weights so that could be an option for you if your gym doesn't have a prone hamstring curl machine i'd usually prefer those over a resistance band because you can progress um, in a gradual fashion it's very um, systematic it's very detailed and measured you can just go from three sets of 10 15 pounds to three sets of 10, 17 and a half pounds or 20 pounds and just slowly work your way up. At, whereas with a band, um, it's very hard to know if you have a green band or a blue band or a black band, exactly what level of difficulty that is, apart from just being subjective and just trying to guess how hard you're working. Um, and obviously with a prone hamstring curl machine and a cable, it's kind of limitless. You can really load it up once you get really, really strong, whereas the bands have certain limitations. Um, don't use an ankle weight though. I've seen a couple of people say, oh yeah, my physio gave me this exercise. Um, I've just been strapping ankle weights to my foot and laying on my stomach and then just curling. Recognize that when it comes to, I guess, the force applied, the, the, Ankle weights just don't do it justice. And you can sort of appreciate this if you've ever done it before. If your legs are out straight and you're on your stomach and you have an ankle weight attached to you, when you start that curl, the very first moment of lifting the foot is the hardest because that's where gravity pulls down on the long lever of the leg. The leg is the most straight. It works the hardest as that lever is the longest. Uh, it's the longest part of the lever. But as you start to curl your leg and get well, towards 90 degrees, it becomes like easy. It's like the weight isn't even there 
because the force is now pulling directly down that axis and you can do some short hamstring curls like close to 90 degrees and you won't even feel a thing. The hamstring is rarely activating. Uh, whereas with a prone hamstring curl with a band or a cable or a machine, that 90 degree range, or the more you curl, the harder and harder it gets. Just because, well, with a band, the harder and harder it gets because it goes more and more on tension. But I guess with the machine, it's the same amount of resistance applied the entire time throughout the load. That's what we want. That's what we're after. So if you're using anchor weights, scrap them. Buy some bands or start using the machine or the cable. Usually what I would recommend, like I said for um, the machine and cable, is you can go heavy. You can go slow and heavy. The same as what I would recommend for deadlifts or step-ups. The tendons love slow, heavy load. And you can do that. You can't really do that with a band. I guess, you know, you can get close, but it's just not the same as opposed to a machine or a cable. And I suppose with the machine as well, what I should say with the prone hamstring curl machine, you are in a slight bend. Like the, the machine's designed for you to lay down and not be completely straight. Your hips are sort of raised up a bit, which is good. It means you can recruit more hamstring muscle fibers. And also you're in a little bit of, tendon compression, which is good for rehab. Um, we just want to make sure that, you know, our starting point is adequate, is within our adaptation zone. And so I'd usually recommend the slow, heavy stuff if you can tolerate it. Um, some people get really caught up in the range of movement. How much should I curl? Um, how close to my glutes should my heels get? I'm not that fast. If you get beyond 90 degrees and that's fine um, sometimes if you get to 90 degrees I think that's fine as well your hamstring's still working pretty hard um, if you can't get to 90 degrees the weights are probably too heavy but if you're getting past 90 degrees and worried that you're not getting the maximum amount of curl as possible I wouldn't worry too much about that um, when it comes to the tempo of the exercise um, again it Tendons love slow, heavy loads, so you want to slowly control it. Um, so I just say a slow, controlled movement. I don't really focus on seconds or like, you know, um, tempo seconds, but just keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> okay, the sets and reps that I would usually recommend are anywhere between 8 and 12 repetitions. I do very similar for deadlifts as well. Um, three sets. So if you're doing double leg, that's another variation as well. Like the machine, you'll be able to do double leg. With the band, you'll have to do single leg. With the cable, you'll have to do single leg. Or maybe there's some cable attachments where you can do double leg. Anyway, I digress. Um, and with the um, Swiss ball, you can do double or single leg. So what I would do for progressions is I would start with a certain weight that is within someone's adaptation zone and I would start with three sets of eight. And then the next progression I would try once you can tolerate that is three sets of 12. And then once you can tolerate three sets of 12, I'll increase the weight and then drop back to three sets of eight. And then just work within that rep range for most usually. Um, that's what I like to do and up to, well, and then it will just depend on the response of the client. Some people might not respond well to 12 reps. Some people might find eight, uh, some people might find 
um, 12 is too easy. But then as soon as you increase the weight and drop back down to eight, that's too hard. And so what we might do is say, okay, let's do two sets of 12 at your easy weight and then do one set of eight with that really heavy or the heavier stuff, the thing that you thought that was a bit too much of a jump. And so there's ways you can be creative and sort of um, create progressions within, you know, the standard um, progression chart that I was talking about before. So keep that in mind. Um, but there are several variations to these sort of exercises though, which we'll go into now. Okay, we have some variations um, to this exercise. The first one being eccentrics or the the emphasis on eccentrics, which I'm not a massive fan of. Um, mainly, like, I think people do, they get caught up in eccentric stuff after reading a whole bunch of blogs or watching YouTube videos and things. And a lot of people do Nordics. Um, a lot of people do eccentric curls. A lot, like... I think the eccentric stuff is, especially when it's not into compression, is mainly for hamstring muscle rehab. Like if you have a hamstring muscle strain, if you're a soccer player or a you know, sports athlete and you're doing sprinting, you get a strain in the belly itself, then these eccentrics would be more of a priority. Uh, I tend to skew more towards the you know, load under compression, um, yes, deadlifts have that eccentric component, but that's only because it's going into compression and it's slow and heavy. That's what I like about it. Um, yes, I would put some eccentric stuff in there if someone's already doing their Nordics, um, or if they're a sprinter and needing to get back to you know speed work, um, eccentrics is a really important component of that. But if you're like a cyclist, um, or a recreational um, gym goer or a sedentary person, the eccentric stuff while important, isn't as important as a lot of the other stuff. So I guess, you know, in, in my physio mind, I'll have a bit of a priority list, uh, what I would like to prioritize more than others. Tolerating compression is probably the number one up there, but incorporating eccentric stuff is, you know, a lot further down on that list. So while, you know, you can do it, it's not that important and depends on your goals as well. So what eccentric stuff might look like? Well, eccentric is just the muscles contracting and working really hard as it's lengthening. You know, usually as a muscle works hard in its conventional sense, it's shortening. If you hold onto a weight and do a bicep curl, that bicep is shortening under load. It's working hard as it shortens. But if you get a weight that's really heavy and you hold onto that in your hand and you simply can't hold, you hold it in a curled position and it's so heavy that you can't simply hold it in that curled position, you start to slowly straighten out your arm because you can't hold it. So you're slowly trying to decelerate the the fall of your hand with the weight placed in your hand. What's happening there is your bicep is working really hard, but it's working as it's lengthening because it's straightening out the arm rather than curling it. Um, that's what we call an eccentric muscle contraction. And like I say, great for muscle rehab. So if you have a muscle strain, um, perfect to implement that. But what that looks like for a prone hamstring curl, let's just say you use a machine, um, you might get loaded up quite might load up a uh, the weight rack quite heavy then you curl your 
legs with both legs. So you use both of your legs to curl that weight up, but then you take your good leg away and wait for the affected side to slowly release the weight back down to its starting position with the legs out straight. So start with the legs out straight, double leg curl, and then single leg release a nice slow controlled release. That's what an eccentric or a single leg eccentric hamstring curl looks like. Um, so that's a, a variation. Uh, but like I said, not a fan. Uh, well, it's not high on my priority list unless there's um, certain conditions that would say, okay, I need to reprioritize things. The other variation would be isometrics. So isometrics would be working hard without the muscle moving. So um, like a load and hold would be a better way to describe it. So if we're using that bicep curl as an, as an analogy, if I was to get some weight and not curl or straighten my arm, but just hold it at a 90 degree position and then place that weight in my hand, again, my bicep's working, but nothing's moving. It's not shortening, it's not lengthening, it's just holding it in place. That's what we call an isometric. And you can do an isometric for a hamstring curl. You can curl that weight, maybe 45 degrees, like sort of half what you normally would for a traditional curl, and then just hold it there, hold it there for 10, 15 seconds, and then release. Again, not necessary, not a big fan of this. Um, isometrics are really important uh, that I use for, um, for rehab, especially during flare-ups, especially for people who can't really tolerate a lot of concentric or eccentric stuff. And we know that isometrics do provide, for some, an analgesic effect to reduce um, symptoms, reduce pain. And so it can be really important for rehab. But I've found that isometrics work better if it's a closed chain exercise. So what I mean about that is if your foot is fixated on the ground would be an example of a closed chained exercise. So if I was to do an isometric long lever glute bridge, we're sort of holding the hamstrings. The hamstrings are working in that same position, but your feet are fixated on the ground. You're not going anywhere. Whereas the curl, um, the weights not fixated to the ground. And so you have the potential if you were to hold that position during a hamstring curl is you have these little wobbles because you're trying to control that, especially if the muscle gets fatigued, you start to wobble that, um, the tendons start to wobble that muscle. You can probably have a look at your ankle and see like these little wobbles only because it's not fixated to something. And that can cause, it It can probably not have the power or the emphasis or the effects that isometrics, the potential that isometrics can have. So like I say, not a fan doing the isometrics. I'd prefer to do an isometric glute bridge instead. Um, some other variations, you could do double leg or single leg. I'm not fussed um, one or the other. If I were to choose one, I'd probably choose the double leg. You know, I've done episodes in the past about, you know, the single leg deadlift compared to double leg deadlift. I'll always choose the double leg deadlift. And we've seen from success stories in the past, we just had Trevor um, a couple of weeks ago talk about all he did to really move the needle in his rehab was go from single leg deadlifts to double leg deadlifts. He was able to have a bit more control, able to go a little bit heavier um, and just move the needle in his rehab. 
So the same, I guess, can be said for the double leg stuff. It's a lot more controlled. Um, it's, you can go heavier and, you know, just overall, I just think is a better exercise. So those are some things that we could do. Um, and just generally as a foundation, as an approach to this, like I said earlier, you want to keep it slow and you want to do it heavy. But once you've built up that foundation of slow, heavy load in your hamstring curl, once you've done your prone hamstring curl in the gym and you're building up to, you know, 60, 70 pounds, 80 pounds, or like 40 kilos and beyond, if your goal is to start running, start running faster, start doing hills, start doing strides, if you do want to start doing faster stuff, um, you can try to have your hamstring adapt to speed work. You do that by slowly doing speed work in your sport of choice. So like for a runner, I would add strides, um, see if you can tolerate those. Once you're really good at strides, I'd then in, implement some interval sessions. Um, if it is the bike, I would start doing some um, faster sessions on the bike, like increasing the cadence on the bike or increasing the wattage on the bike. But when it comes to the gym, you can also introduce speed into the gym. And this can be done with your hamstring curl. You can start doing some faster hamstring curls. I usually prefer this with a band um, because sometimes I can, if you're doing a hamstring curl with um, in on the prone machine and you curl it really fast, sometimes the the weight of the weights, the weight rack can sort of bounce um, and it's, uh, you know, that's not safe or really that good for anyone. Um, but if it's with a band, you can curl really fast and, you know, it's kind of a bit safer. So that could be something you could do. Just be very careful when you introduce it. You know, you might want to start with one set only. Um, just people underestimate how much emphasis or how much um, work is required when you start introducing speed. And so people say, oh, you know, I've done three sets of 10 really slow and controlled. So let me try three sets of 10 really fast. And then they're flared up and they're not sure why. It's only because that demand was, um, that jump was a bit too much. So you can start with one set. You can start with, um, say, two sets of your original really heavy, slow, heavy controlled. And then you can try one set of faster stuff, see how it's tolerated. If it's tolerated well, um, then go to two sets, then go to three sets. You might want to do, say if you're going to the gym two or three times a week, you might want to do one session dedicated to slow, heavy stuff, and then one session dedicated to a bit more speed work. That's uh, something you can do. But we don't want to you know, completely replace the slow, heavy stuff with the fast stuff. You want a balance between the two. Um, so... I hope that provides some insight for you. Let me go through um, some of these variations or the template of the episode anyway. So the different positions that you can do, you can do a prone hamstring curl, a supine hamstring curl, or a seated hamstring curl. You can um, use a TheraBand or a resistance band. You can use a machine. You can use a cable, or you can use a Swiss ball to curl the ball back and forth. Usually what you want to do if you have the equipment available is to do slow, heavy stuff. You're going to get more effects, more benefits out of it. Um, my 
preference would be a prone hamstring curl machine. My second preference, a prone hamstring curl cable. My third preference would be a TheraBand. Um, don't do ankle weights. Um, you know, you can do a Swiss ball, but you just can't go heavy. You don't have any progress, really. You can put a weight onto your hips, but it doesn't have the same effect. Um, and then progress, you know, work within your rep range of about 8 to 12. Slowly hover in and out of that range as you progress the weights and keep to the slow, heavy stuff. That's your foundation. And then if so required, based on your goals and your athletic endeavors, you can slowly introduce speed. Hope that makes sense. Hopefully you can follow the deadlift progressions episode that I did along with this episode to sort of, I guess, make some tweaks in your current program and hopefully start moving the needle in your recovery. Um, if you are seeing success with this podcast and with um, listening to some of these episodes, reach out to me. I love these messages. People saying they listen to the podcast and this is the benefits that they're seeing. Uh, people on social media saying listening to this podcast has been really great for me. Give it a listen. So people are recommending it. Absolutely love that. Um, and so keep them coming because like I say, it makes my day. It gives me a lot of passion and um, motivation for continuing this podcast. So Thanks for all your support and good luck with your rehab this week. Thanks once again for listening and taking control of your rehab. If you are a runner and love learning through the podcast format, then go ahead and check out the Run Smarter podcast hosted by me. I'll include the link along with all the other links mentioned today in the show notes. So open up your device, click on the show description and all the links will be there waiting for you. Congratulations on paving your way forward towards an empowering, pain-free future. And remember, knowledge is power.